0: friends, welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts.
1: I don't think he's wasting anything on anybody. When you walk through something, it's definitely something that he can use, whether it be exciting and wonderful, or it's something that was hard. Because then you can be the testimony that can help somebody else walk that hard way that they may have. So I don't think he wastes things in our life. That's not his intent ever.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of the podcast. I'm so excited to be back with you in 2022. We are officially well into the new year. It's almost the end of January. And my hope is that you have been able to kind of refresh over the holiday season and come into this new year with renewed hope and fresh vision. One thing I love about that shift into a new calendar year is just being able to take a little bit of time and reflect on the previous year and also to look forward to what is coming and whether you maybe set goals or resolutions or maybe have a word of the year or just have sort of like intentions going into the coming months. It seems like a really great time and season to sort of take stock and to learn more about ourselves and to find healing. And that's why I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest on the show today, Darlene Caldwell. You may notice that we share the same last name, and that's because she is my mother in love. and, She happens to actually be a prayer counselor and a prayer minister trained in a form of inner healing ministry through Elijah House. Elijah House's mission is to be an inner healing ministry that equips and empowers individual hearts to be healed and changed, truly, fully, and completely. I love that so much. And you'll hear more from Darlene about her journey in being trained in the Elijah House ministries and what an impact inner healing has made in her life. As you'll hear her say in our conversation, there are so many different ministries out there. This is just one that she has experience in to be able to speak from. Some of the topics that we cover today in our conversation are healing from trauma, which can't we all use right now, finding forgiveness, and praying for forgiveness. We also dive into how judgments and bitter root expectations can harm our relationships. We don't stop there. We get into things like lies that we may believe and also inner vows that we make that we sometimes don't even say out loud, but that are affecting our day-to-day lives. As you can tell, we talk about quite a lot today, and it is a little bit of a longer conversation, but I think you're going to love this just as much as I did. Just to share a little bit about Darlene's background, she completed the Elijah House training with the intention of finding healing herself. And through that, she ended up becoming a facilitator for the Elijah House School of Prayer Ministry. She was part of Refreshing Springs Ministries as a prayer minister for two years, and currently Darlene is a prayer minister with Heart Revival Ministries. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode, where I have links to Darlene reading sample prayers for some of these different topics that we talk about today i'll give a little bit more detail at the end of the show but just wanted to give you a heads up to definitely check out the show notes this week at creative impact podcast.com my hope is that through this conversation each of us will be encouraged and be able to take steps towards deeper and deeper healing in our lives enjoy my conversation with darlene caldwell So excited to be here with my, I like to call you mother-in-love versus mother-in-law, but (laughs) mother-in-love Darlene Caldwell, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really,
1: I I don't know if I am going to say I'm glad to be here. Um, (laughs) I'm honored to be here because I'm kind of nervous.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that. I think most everyone is nervous when they come on the show, so you're in good company with that. definitely super honored and grateful to have you. I guess that talks about how we're connected already. So. I'm
1: Ben's mom. When yeah. I growing up, I was known as Ben's mom.
0: Oh, really? So, yeah. That's awesome. And I don't think I really met you. It's possible I met you at Bellhaven, but I think the first time I remember meeting you was after I started dating Ben. Ben's so. mom. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> so true. But it's been a really fun, fun past, I guess, about eight years now since we met. Yeah, it's crazy. Time flies. But anyway, it's going to be fun today. So I would love for you to get to share just a little bit about your background and especially in particular your background with counseling, prayer counseling and inner healing work, because that's kind of the main thing that we're going to dive into today. So do you want to just share a little bit about your background?
1: Yes. I, the first time I took an Elijah house class, which is our basis. There's there's other there's other classes out there that do similar work, but the one that I started out with in probably the about 2009 2010 something like that was Elijah House, and back then it was called Basic One and Two, and it's a 25 week class, the first one, and then the next one I think is 24, so it's it's a real commitment. It's like a school year, and we took classes once a week. And then we would break out, we would do hear the lesson, and then we would break out into small groups. So it was very enlightening. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing I've ever done because it was just so much. And every week I kept thinking, I- I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll be good this week. This week, I'll, um, it won't affect me so much, but it's uh-huh. not true. Really, there's quite, sometimes there's some fallout from, from taking the first time. So sometimes it's really helpful if you've got mentors and facilitators who can help you through it, because sometimes you're getting hit in the face with a whole lot of stuff about yourself, places that you might not want to go normally by yourself. Right. And it it is, it can be a lot. It just depends. And that's the way it felt. It felt like a lot, but I took it. And and the reason I took it is because I wanted to be healed myself. It was for me. And I was sad. it's for me and my family because if I get healed as a mom, I have four kids and a husband. You know, everybody benefits. Right. So that was my that was my reason for doing it. And at first, I didn't do it. I knew about it earlier, but my kids were small. It was it was just like, I, I how do I do this for four small children? It's just, right. Feels you know, like a lot. Or, yeah, felt like a lot. So I didn't do about do it, even though I did know about because um, it was it was a thing in our church and they and our pastors at that time they had taken it so they knew about it and you know they were encouraging it so it came through their preaching too
0: yeah getting
1: bits of it bits of it so then later i don't know when it was i took it again by then they had changed the books and now they called it school of ministry you know training course 201 and 202 and i again i took it because the book had changed and i thought well it's been a long time i'm going to go back to it again so i did again with no real reason to say that i'm going to do this you know? right but um it ended up that after taking it i ended up stepping in to substitute for someone else oh, okay so I, that's how i started being a facilitator myself i think something we needed somebody and I had done it, you know, before and I did it you now again. So I taken it a couple of times. Well, now I've taken it many times because I've been a facilitator. And every time you're a facilitator, you're
0: taking it again. Right. Getting all that information over again. All the information.
1: Yeah. So now and I've also now been a mentor. That's something that our group has started to have a mentor in the small groups to to help the small group people so that they kind of stay on track.
0: That's smart. That's really, really cool. So.
1: I've been mentors, I've been facilitators, and now i I prayer minister, yeah. but that was not my intent when I started. <laughs> my intent was, I thought I'm never going to teach this, but I'm going to, I need to be healed myself. So, but it kind of morphed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It tends to happen that way. I feel like in life where we kind of feel like we're going one direction and then all of a sudden we end up in something else, but God, I guess knew what he was doing, having you, you know, going through the classes and even hearing about it beforehand and kind of creating that interest maybe in that sort of work and getting to help other people. So that's cool that it developed over time. I love that. So then you did through that, like some prayer counseling and that kind of thing uh, as well.
1: I was actually, um, my first facilitator, she started kind of like a, a center, you know, where we would actually do that, and so I was working there, and we worked doing that for I don't know if it was two years or was it two and a half or was it one and a half I don't know, yeah, but it, so that. I worked there for a while, and that was that was very interesting because uh, people would come in and make appointments, and either I was a prayer minister or I would be the person who sits in and prays, and mm. you know, which is also cool because then when you're praying for the person, the prayer minister, and the person that's being prayed for, you get things sometimes. And so then you can, you know, it depends on your, your the counselor, but she always encouraged me to speak up whatever I heard in my praying. And that's always really encouraging too, because it's, it, it's just encouraging to see how people, you know, receive it and, and the good fruit that comes from it. But then sometimes, you know, it's a big struggle, too. So sometimes things don't happen one week. I guess it's sort of like a counselor where you might take more than one time to get to where you want to be. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. But that was it was very interesting and it was very. And also we taught the classes there. We taught classes and we ministered out as a prayer counselor. So that was really cool. And then they closed the center. And now she just sort of does it from her home. And we're, so we're still all affiliated and uh, we still work together.
0: Yeah. And now
1: she's actually trying to start an association, International Association for Prayer Ministers.
0: That so, would be so neat. That's yeah. kind of a
1: support for people who do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's amazing how it changes people's lives.
0: For sure. And I'm excited to get to share some of the different elements, I guess, of the training and some of the things that you've really gone deep in with. And we're just to give a little disclaimer to everybody that's listening, we're going to really just scratch the surface of these different topics today. Um, But at the end, we'll give some resources where you can dive into it more and, you know, read books about it or reach out to different organizations that are doing this inner healing work. So I know it's going to it's going to be hard cuz we're going <laughs> to like want to keep going on all the things but but we'll try to give a kind of a brief overview of some different topics so that you know people as you're listening you can latch on to what resonates with you you know and where you want to keep digging so yeah so just to start off I feel like this last year and a half especially but has been just kind of crazy. And there's been a lot of trauma collectively for the world. I feel like, you know, we've been walking through the pandemic and just a lot of change. And I know you and I have talked about how hard change is for everyone. You know, little change can be hard in our lives, but when it's at this sort of massive scale in our country and in the world, it can be really, you know, overwhelming and traumatizing. Um, And then with loss, you know, there's just been a lot that people have been processing through specifically in the pandemic, but then, obviously in our lives too, you know, we just go through different situations that may cause trauma for us. So I guess let's start there and talk about how we can heal from trauma and, or walk through trauma and heal in a healthy way. You know, what are ways to find, or maybe the way I could say it is how can we find healing from trauma?
1: You're so right. When I think a lot of times we don't realize that we've had trauma
0: Mm.
1: and in subsequent traumas that are very quickly And because they may not look the same, you know, like if we had a whole bunch of losses, then you could say yes. But, you know, we have lost so many different things. We've lost people and we've lost, you know, the freedoms to do what we want to do. There's so many more rules now. And then uh, we have so much fear that's being put on us that, you know, we may try not to have put on us, but, you know, there are they keep saying, oh, well, you know, this is terrible. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is terrible. You know, and Mm -hmm. I sometimes really am concerned about little children because this is all they know.
0: Yeah, that's true. And,
1: um, I've seen, you know, some little kids who, you know, they, when they get it with a group of people, they kind of really, they don't, they don't really know what to do, Mm -hmm. you know, because they kind of really shrink back and I don't know if that's their personality or if that's something that's happened because we've been so isolated and they've been so isolated. Right. You know, they're like two years old. Think about it. So um, that's kind of sad. And, and but like I said, I don't know the children, so it's kind of hard to say if it is that or not, but we all know that we've had a lot of loss, mm-hmm. you know, loss of being able to just go to the store or go do whatever we want to do and not worry about something. Yeah. Um, like I heard something yesterday. Yeah, it was before Christmas or right maybe it was after Christmas. It was it was on the news and they were talking about wonderful they they thought they were talking about wonderful things. And the wonderful thing was they were showing these reunions of people who haven't seen each other in like maybe 15 months.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: and how happy they were to see each other and but to me it made me so sad because I thought Wow, I am really blessed. I did not have that, where I was kept away from my loved ones for months on end. But some people did.
0: Yeah, and I mean,
1: I just literally, I literally turned it off because it was like, I don't want to hear that. I, I it made me thankful that I didn't have to do that. But that's a hard reality. Yeah, for sure. That's traumatic, and then you know you don't see your grandkids, and I mean, year and a half later, you see them.
0: Yeah, that's terrible
1: really sad be. Mm-hmm. and so you know you don't you know we just we go on because we do that's what we do we just you know we just keep going you know we keep going and we make the best of it we keep moving on but a lot of times all of these are are losses that we've had and we stack on top of one another and sometimes it comes to a point where we just probably can't deal with them anymore then we realize we need some help. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time we, we kind of just keep trudging along, not realizing we're stacking them up.
0: Yeah, that's so true.
1: So um I think one of the things you can look for is in trauma, sometimes there are different things that happen to us kind of, you know, it says like you can't flashbacks or you don't remember you might have ne- a lot of negativity a lot of worry withdrawal anger shame depression all these kind of things can be symptoms headaches even in different types of physical things yeah. that happen to us can all be they said from trauma they can be i'm not saying they all are right but they can be and so but it's it's not we can pray to remove that trauma mm. and that's what's so wonderful We just ask the Lord to come and to remove, to bring his peace and to remove the things that are hurting us, that are traumatic. And so I think that it's a really long prayer (laughs) and we can definitely put it out there for you. Yes, Um, we will.
0: Well, I'll definitely link to it in the show notes. But
1: it can be, it, it also, it's not just the pain and shock of different things that happen to you, which is bad enough. But sometimes we have trauma in the womb.
0: Yeah, and we don't even think about that. Yeah, because you know? we don't necessarily typically remember, you know. And it's something right. in our super early childhood or in the womb, you know, that we wouldn't really know it unless someone told us.
1: Right, and sometimes you do. Sometimes you know your mom or dad will tell you, "Oh my goodness, that was a really difficult birth," you know, or or maybe you were had to be C-sectioned or you know, maybe something difficult happened during that time period, like someone died that was very important to the mom or the dad. And, but most of the time, it's a lot about the mom, but of course the dad, what happens, you know, we all know already that we hear in the womb.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. But also like, it is cool. Think about it. it. Cause issues
1: too. (laughs) Yeah, it can, it can cause issues because, you know, if, if there's a, a big, controversy that's happening, or even like this, think about it with COVID. If if you're walking around in fear all the time, because I'm going to get sick, or I can't go out, or I'm afraid that I'm going to get sick, you know, that's a fear. And and the mom is living with that. And so that, you know, there's things that affect us, you know, or if there's a breakup of of, a, you know, even a friendship, it doesn't even have to be a marriage. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, something that's that's very, it's a person that's affecting you emotionally, a, a loss, you know, or someone dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also generational trauma. Oh, yeah. And that's like things that that traumatize maybe not you, but they traumatized your mother or dad or your grandparents, and you're still walking in that. So we're still. We still have residual effects. That sounds kind of weird, but it's not.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We tend to think of it maybe as almost just like patterns or like, you know, we may not use the word like a generational trauma, but I think we all can recognize those things are there, but we don't necessarily have the language to talk about it.
1: Right. And so, you know, it's just like with all prayer. I mean, God doesn't leave us in this. He doesn't leave us hopeless. He never leaves us hopeless. You know, and this just says, you know, I'm with you and I'll just transfer it to me. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. And that's just so beautiful that he can do that and it works. And I've seen it work so many times. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. I can give a, a small example. Yeah. I have eight, well, I have eight grandchildren, but the oldest one, my mom had a has a pool in her in her where her house was, is. Mm-hmm. And um he was very careful. He was, you know, your firstborn. He's very careful. You know, he's he doesn't take a lot of risks. You know, and I don't know. It was it was in the winter. I know it was in the winter because it was cold. And we were. I was sitting out there with my mom on the back patio, and and he was just, you know, he was with me, and he was just, you know, fooling around and walking around the pool. And all of a sudden, he slipped in, which is just not his M.O. at all. Yeah. Well, first thing I do is dive in, you know, jump in the pool and pull him out. My first thought was, okay, I don't want him to be traumatized. I don't want him to be afraid of the water. Right. And so I started praying that I just, you know, I didn't go through this lengthy trauma prayer, which we have a really long one. I just prayed and asked the Lord to remove the trauma off of his body. And I did it out loud so he can hear me. And so he wasn't afraid. And I said, just remove it from him so that it's, it, he doesn't store this in himself and that you would just take it from him and then you would give him your, you would give him your peace and the Holy Spirit will fill that place and there would be no fear. And so it was so interesting. And we did talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, oh yeah, you know, Jesus, Peter walked on the water and, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about water and he wasn't afraid. He, he wasn't. And he was all excited about it. He wanted to tell his mom about it. And I was thinking, oh, gosh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's my daughter-in-law. She was great, you know. But it was like, okay. <laughs> that's funny. But but he was never afraid of the water. I mean, you know him. Yep. He's not afraid of the water. He loves the water. It never affected him. He loves to go boating. And he loves to, you know, do anything. And, and the water didn't scare him. And so, but it could have. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who've accidentally fallen in the water and thought they were something bad was going to happen. And, you know, they were now traumatized. I knew a girl that I worked with years and years ago. And and this was way before I knew this. And she took swimming lessons over and over and over. She was an adult. Mm. She did not want to be afraid of the water, but she had seen somebody who had drowned when she was a young girl. And that traumatized her. I wish I would have known it then. I could have prayed for her. And just remove that because she just kept, she kept persevering and trying not to be afraid of the water.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's a really, that's such a good image that helps show the picture of what happens when we, when we do give it over to God and we pray through those things. It's nice because it's kind of a clear picture and it can be related to so many different things that we walk through. And there was one thing that you mentioned in there was how, you know, you didn't want it to be sort of stored in his body. And I think that's such an interesting yes. concept with there's like books out about it, you know, how our bodies actually hold on to trauma um, and stress and things like that. You want to just touch on that briefly? I know that could be a whole nother rabbit trail, but.
1: Well, it can be. Uh, but one of the things in the very prayer is that we pray it off of ourselves, off the very DNA of our body, because how many times is it? that, Oh, well, let's take, for instance, if someone's maybe been in a car accident or maybe they haven't, but do you know how a mom will right away throw out her arm yes. to protect her kid or her child or whoever could be her husband and sit next to her? But it's an automatic reflex, it's programmed in ourselves. We were afraid, we've been there before. And so then we automatically react to protect. And that is. That is what that is. It's just programmed in our cells and our DNA and our memory, our subconscious, our unconscious, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's all of those things. It's, it's not just our conscious is our unconscious our subconscious. It's all there.
0: Yeah. It's pretty, we've got these
1: computer brains.
0: Uh (laughs) Pretty powerful. That's pretty awesome. So I'll definitely link to the trauma prayer because it is just so powerful to have kind of read over you, you know?
1: Right. It is. Yeah, it is. You know, cause you also are asking to heal what we call the fear center of your brain because mm. there is, you know, a certain area of your brain that does store it more than others.
0: Yeah. So that's so good. Pray
1: to remove that. So,
0: yeah. And to
1: replace it with his
0: peace. Mm-hmm. So that would be something I think for all of us to, especially Repen- as we're going into a new year and we're kind of entering 2022 now in January, you know, thinking about, okay, how, how do we want to enter this year and being able to maybe pray through some of these things so that we're entering in a place that's more whole and, you know, healed and less um, burdened by some of those things. Yeah. And that actually leads pretty perfectly into forgiveness because I know forgiveness is a huge part of kind of this inner healing journey and, I'm curious to hear you talk about how, what role it plays with our own healing. And I think there's so many thoughts and books and podcasts and all the things on forgiveness and different kind of views of what that looks like. But I think you explain it super well with it's not like saying whatever that person did is okay or right or anything like that. Um, but it's more like freeing yourself from holding that offense or like holding on to that person and trying to kind of brain justice yourself. But anyway, I'll turn it over to you because I feel like you'll explain well, you, it really well.
1: <laughs> well, you did a very good job. You did a very good job. Uh and that's that's so true. I know a lot of us will think, well, I want to forgive them, but you know, they don't deserve it. Or maybe or whatever. You just don't feel like you feel like somehow or another you're you're holding something against them and that way you're punishing them. But the truth of the matter is most of the time they don't ever think about it again. Mm-hmm. If you're real about it, you know, you're the one that's thinking about it and they're not. But it is so true that it is not about that. We are following the Lord's command to forgive. And the reason we do that is to release it from us. Because as long as we're holding on to it, you know, we have free will. If I'm going to hold the judgment on someone, then I'm the judge. He's not. Mm. I am. So if I release it, like you said, then that doesn't make them not guilty. But at the same time, there are things that I need to forgive. And that was probably judging them because if I'm holding forgiveness, I probably judge them yeah. for, you know, being whatever, mean, I'm going to say that, you know, really didn't have to say that, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm holding a judgment against them. Well, I need to ask for forgiveness for that because I have now judged them. And if I let go of that judgment against them and I forgive them, then I'm releasing them to the Lord. And what is he doing with it? That's up to him.
0: Yeah.
1: So, but he can work in the other people's hearts so that maybe there'll be a change in their heart. I don't know that you'll be friends again or not. I mean, that's not the issue. But we're releasing them for God to work in, in them in that area. Mm. Well, as long as we hold on to it, we're we're really the judge and jury. And a lot of times, like I said, the other people don't even know it.
0: Yeah.
1: That's the sad thing. And you're over there steaming about something. Right. That is making you sick, probably.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's super powerful. And I think that's one of those areas where we cannot realize it necessarily, but we can end up carrying so much extra weight emotionally because we're holding on to these offenses or just unforgiveness, you know? Um, So to be able to release those people could be like totally freeing and a weight off.
1: Yes, that's true. Another thing is there's another one that's called kind of bitter root expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another terminology we use with along with judgments. And what that is, it's like, well, I just expect them to do that. They always do that. You know, they're going to they're going to say something because they always do. And the problem is there again, we are expecting them to do it. So you know what the chances are? They're probably going to do, do it, it. right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so we have to release them not only of our judgment, of our, but of our expectations, our bitter expectations, because you're kind of holding them again in that place where you almost draw it out. And the stories sometimes are just unreasonable. I mean, there were people who um, they had may- maybe been married before to an alcoholic. And so the last thing they ever wanted was to be, you know, married to someone who was an alcoholic. And so then they, you know, got this next guy was, you know, didn't even drink alcohol at all. Yeah. And, you know, he was very godly and everything. But because of this bitter expectation that maybe all men or husbands or whatever and the unforgiveness she held toward the other one. Pretty soon, that person started drinking. I mean, I've heard weird stuff like that. Wow. I mean, it's just weird. But it's kind of like that thing where we all say, "Well, you know, we we you know, we there's a lot of things we say. Well, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. Mm. Then guess what? She's doing it. So, uh, marrying somebody who's not the person she wanted. Yeah, because she was expecting something that she didn't. And as parents, we really have to be careful that we don't do that for our kids.
0: Mm. That's really hard to. That would be hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not to not <laughs> that's not really to hard. think about that. it. If you want
1: them to walk free and to do better, then we cannot, we have to encourage them and not expect them to fall in the pool again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: or to whatever it is, you know, that we would expect that they maybe they weren't careful enough or
0: it's interesting how much our language how powerful it can be, whether that's actually spoken out loud or in our heads,
1: (laughs) in our head, a lot of stuff is spoken in our head. And unfortunately that is why we don't remember it then. And sometimes it's really good to speak with a prayer minister, just like a counselor, because they start asking you questions. It's not like we're going to give you the answers, but you, we have to just like a counselor ask you questions. We start asking you questions until you finally say something that's key Mm -hmm. because that's usually what will end up happening it's not always it doesn't always happen right away because sometimes people they it's not in the forefront they'll say oh no my dad was great or oh no my mom was great and they just don't see it Mm. and that there was something that they said to you maybe at some point I think I told you about someone who thought their dad was great. And they, and the counselor kept going back and knew there was, must've been something, must've been something there. Mm -hmm. And finally the person said, Oh, well, you know, when I was in high school, he said, he didn't really think that I was college material because, you know, I'm just, I just not very good at, I know you too well. And that's just probably not going to be where you will, you know, that's not probably where you would do well. Mm -hmm. And the, and the person took that, I don't know how the, That dad meant it. He could have meant that, you know, that they really, he really didn't believe that they could thrive there. But the person took it as a um, saying, I'm not good enough.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: I can't, I can't, he doesn't think I can do it. I'm not smart enough. So, you know, a lot of times it's the way we receive what people say. And maybe that's not what he meant at all. Right. But You know, that was, that was something that was holding her back, this person, holding the person back. But yet she thought, you know, her dad was great, but it took a little bit of digging for it to finally come out of her mouth.
0: Yeah. And that really is for her believing a lie, you know, that whether he meant it that way or not, like you said, she took it internally and. Took it as truth when really exactly. it was not true. So maybe we can talk a little bit more about believing lies at this point as well. It's a good segue. <laughs>
1: yeah, lies. I, that was that was one of the things that really I don't think people think about as much. I mean, people talk more about forgiveness and even maybe about judging other people because you know we read what we saw. Mm-hmm. So I get that, and most people kind of know that. But then about the lies. The lies we believe, and sometimes we don't even know what they're lies that we're believing.
0: Because we believe them. So. You know, like <laughs> and
1: we believe them, but we didn't we didn't we don't even know where they started sometimes. And so like this this person she didn't know where it started, and then and then all of a sudden it just popped out. It was something that someone said, and then you take that and you're going, Oh my goodness, really? Oh, okay. And so we all of a sudden we've swallowed it just like bait. And now it's ours mm. and we believe it. And then after that, we're acting out on that. You know, well, I'm just, I don't know that I can do this. You know, and when new things come up, you may not think you can do it. And I'm not saying that I'm not afraid to do this, but I, I am a little bit. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, what I'm trying to say is there's all kinds of lies. that we believe, And it could be, like I said, it can be things that were said to us or things that we missed we read, we read into something that shouldn't be, shouldn't it? is that what they meant. And we just believe them. And sometimes there are just things that we've decided. I think. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think in, in your growing up years, I know in my growing up years, things weren't as uh, easily available. I mean, now things are getting a little bit harder, but what I meant was, you know now I see my grandkids, they got all kinds of toys. I'm not saying that I didn't have plenty of toys because I did. Yeah. But it was kind of I was more in the at the the thing of where, well, I might want to hold on to this. You know this. You know, I want I, I might I might need this sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of throwing it away or giving it away to someone else, I might keep it because I might need that. Mm-hmm. And I know I got that from my mom and dad because they blew up during the depression right and so now there is one that's almost a generational thing you see they grew up during the depression they did not have things they did not have money and it was true that they did hold on to things and recycle them you know use them for something else like flour came in sacks and they would take those flour sacks and they would make clothes out of them that's right. a perfect example of way back when yeah um, now my clothes weren't made out of flour sacks but my mom didn't make my so all I'm trying to say is I have that tendency still to not want to let things go. I want to hold on to it. And I just recently came into this thinking, and this is kind of a new, and cause once you're, once you're a prayer counselor and you've learned this stuff, you, you know, hopefully you're using it on yourself. Right. And, uh, That's definitely the hope. Yeah. My most recent one was like, okay, we're coming into a different season of life here for us. And, you know, we're, we're going to start walking in retirement. And that's a big change. And change isn't always easy for me.
0: Mm-mm.
1: And some people love it. But the change doesn't bother me quite as much as the fact that we were talking about moving. And so I'm going to go, okay, great. It sounds good. And it sounds good to sound exciting, right? Yeah. But then to do that, you have to let go of what you have to move to something new. Mm. And I realized that that was the key right there. It was letting go of what is to have something else. Yeah. And I don't know how many people struggle with that, but I realized that, you know, I'm thinking, okay. And if I pray, I should be praying in faith, believing for. Otherwise, it's not a faith-building prayer. So if I can't pray in faith, believing that God's going to give me something new and willingly let go of the old, you know, then there's a conflict.
0: Mm, Yeah, and maybe a a block in a way. Right, for
1: receiving something new. Mm because. If I'm, it's not like, again, I'm not praying in a believing faith, faith building, saying, I believe that he's got something, a new thing for me, a new home, maybe a new place yeah. And that. And for some people, that's not a hard thing. But for those of us who, you know, are walking with my mom and dad's beliefs, then I'm bringing that forward. And, you know, they lived, I think as far as long as I knew them, they lived in two houses. One and then one other one.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so,
1: and stable, so it's like, okay, <laughs> this would this would be like house three for me. Oh wow, that's how it looks. Yeah. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> so I mean, in some people that that's no big deal because they just moved all the time. And so mm-hmm. they're they're okay with it because as kids they moved all the time. But that's not the way it was for me. I'm just giving you that as an example.
0: That's a good example. Because there's a lot
1: of things that we believe them, don't know we believe them. Yeah. And I didn't
0: realize
1: that that was what was holding me back. But yet I realized that my prayers were not in the faith realm that builds faith. Mm. You know, they were kind of like, Lord, if you want to, you know, if it's your will, I didn't want to do that. I want you to, I want to be able to pray, Lord, this is your will. This is what you want for me.
0: And I'm going to believe for it. Yeah. That's so good. It's a different prayer. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm still working. Yeah, I'm still a work in progress. We definitely all are for sure. And I could even see how it would flip, you know, just as an example for someone who has moved around a lot, you know, that they may be kind of believing lies about what staying in one place for a long time would mean, you know, just interesting how all of our, like you said, our family history, and then also experiences that we've had can kind of, shape these thoughts. And so it's really good to kind of take a step back and hopefully either on your own, which you could totally do and pray through, but it helps to have that person to talk through it with, you know, it's true. And it's to true. ask you questions, but to be able to reflect and actually examine some of those thoughts and beliefs that we just kind of have been operating under and we don't realize. We don't really kind of bring it into the light a little bit and be like, hmm, is this actually in line with God's word? Is it actually serving my, you know, my life? Right. Is it,
1: is it truly me? Is it truly my identity? Is it truly what God has for me or is it really holding me
0: back? That's really good.
1: I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And I think I know that that has helped me a lot because you think you're one way. And then when you start praying this stuff off of you, you realize you're not that at all. Mm. You're somebody else. You know, you've got different gifts and talents and God gives all of us gifts and talents and we don't utilize them because we have beliefs that I can't do
0: that. And I could see how, you know, thinking about kind of spiritual battle that is going on all the time, right? So that we, the enemy could very easily be using this kind of thing in our lives pretty constantly to try to keep us from really operating in our gifts and the things that we're you know, designed to do or to, you know, pursue or whatever, and kind of holding us back based on these, these things that we're believing, um, or in being an unforgiveness or whatever, like some things that are just blocking us from fully walking in our, in our calling, you know, or in our gifts.
1: Yes. I mean, of course, why not? I mean, God says in the Bible, devil is father of lies.
0: So,
1: I mean, guess what? Yes. That's his number one thing is to get us to believe a lie.
0: Yeah, and we tend to think, especially if you've grown up in the church, like lies are like, I don't know, So you know, the big lies, you know, or like some sort of intentional, you know, act of telling someone something that's not true and whatever. And it's like this big, deal. right? Like this, yeah. right? right. Oh, we love,
1: you're fibbing, exactly. You oh, say it as a kid, Look, or you're tattling, or you're, you know, uh-huh. whatever. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is, you know, things that are holding you back, like rejection. It, you, you think, well, nobody likes me. Yeah. I mean, if you believe that, then you're really, you know, or they don't want to hear what I, some is, is speaking like speaking, you know, like when you were raised, maybe you were supposed to be seen and not heard. I don't know that that's this generation, but the other one back in my day, that was very common And most people that we will go through this with will all say that they'll say, Oh, yes, this children, we were seen and not heard. And so we were not to be speaking. Hmm. So what does that tell a kid? I don't want to hear what you have to say.
0: Right. My, my thoughts don't matter or my voice doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't matter. You know, you can go anywhere. It depends on what the person, how they receive it.
1: The same thing can happen to, to this, the same kid, you know, like in a family and each one will receive it in a different way. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. it's still a lie, you know, that they weren't supposed to be speaking or they didn't, maybe no one wanted to hear them. Hmm. And then, oh, what's what's really common? This one's kind of weird, but it's not really if you think about it. Sometimes people who talk a lot, they just have to talk incessantly. It was because they were never heard as a kid, hmm. and so they're trying to make up for it. So sometimes it's lies, and sometimes it's just things that happened. but, yeah. but the lies are, are a big, big deal, and if we can renounce those lies and give the Lord the opportunity to to show us the truth, it can change your life. I've seen people totally change, totally change. Like I said, they thought they were one way and then they found out that wasn't the way they were at all. Mm -hmm. That wasn't them,
0: not really. That's really beautiful. Yeah, and I think you touched on inner vows some kind of as we went. Is there anything else you wanted to share on that? Yeah, vows.
1: Oh my goodness, vows. That's when we say, I will never do that again. Or you think it, or you might think, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to speak anymore because people always, they don't want to hear me anyway. So I'm not going to talk. That's the value. And sometimes a lot of times we don't say them. So those are the real tricky ones because we don't say them out loud. So for us to remember them sometimes is a real, you know, it's not easy. That's when sometimes again, speaking it out helps a lot because you know, you're thinking, well, I don't remember ever saying that,
0: right? Well, you might not have,
1: but you thought it, yeah. you know, like a child in class. Let's say somebody was in class and they got called or they would always get the wrong answer. Well, then, you know, they're not going to volunteer. They're not going to volunteer and they're not going to volunteer to do things because, you know, they were always shut down. They always felt like well, I was wrong. Whatever I said, so whatever I say, I'm wrong. So I'm not going to say anything. Hmm. And, and so then they say that to themselves. I'm not going to say anything, you know. And these vows are, you know, like well, there's always the one like I'm not going to, you know, you've been jilted by some guy. Well, then you're going to say I don't trust men,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: And women and men can say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So you know, anything that it can be a circumstance, just a circumstance, and you'll you'll just say that. Well, I'm not going to trust people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So wow, those are those are vows that we've taken, and they hold us back. They also hold us back from all that we're supposed to be, all God has for us. You know, you've probably heard that scenario, you know, where you know, they go to heaven and then they see all these boxes and they said, oh, all of these gifts were yours, but you didn't ever give them. You didn't ever claim them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, it, you know, he's got lots of gifts for us. He's a good God. But sometimes we hold ourselves back, not just sometimes, probably most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not always, it, it, sin is somehow the original, the originator thing, the original thing, but, you know, we turn it into false beliefs, mm-hmm. lies, vows we make. And, and those are the things that I think most of the time are hidden from us. We don't think about those, you know, we just move on in our life. Yeah, We don't think about them.
0: We don't typically take the time to really think through those things and talk through those things. So that's why I think it could be so powerful. And that made me think too that a lot of times the lies that we believe can be about God too.
1: We do. You know, like maybe if you were a child and you prayed for something to happen, maybe for your mom not to die, if she was sick or or your dog ran away and you never came back. Or you believe that maybe I remember as a kid, one of the things I believed is my dog ran away. And um I thought that he ran away, and God let that happen because I was bad. I had done something
0: bad.
1: Mm. I mean, that's really not it at all. The dog ran away,
0: right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it feels very real.
1: Sometimes I'm thinking we're blaming a little bit too much responsibility on God. You know, that was like (laughs) the dog ran away. He did come back, you know, but he just took a jaunt around the neighborhood. Okay, (laughs) so um, because he was a guy. <laughs> so, you know, he just wanted to stretch his legs. So, I don't know. You know, sometimes I think, and that's another thing with forgiveness. One of the things people hate to think about is that they need to forgive God.
0: Mm,
1: yeah, that's and true. they don't like yeah. to admit that because that just sounds like, oh man, that's terrible if I have to forgive God. But isn't that true? I mean, sometimes you can be unhappy with, you know, your family and say, why did you put me in this family, God? Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard living in this family, and so I think a lot of times we do need to forgive God That's if powerful. if we are really to turn it over to Him and say, and you know, sometimes we can't. You just have to say, Lord, can you help me forgive? Mm. We have to do that too, because there's those times that you're just going, I don't know if I can do it. This was really, really bad, and so it's not easy to forgive. And so there was many a time when I just said, Lord. You're going to have to help me to forgive.
0: Yeah.
1: You're going to have to work it in my heart. And I'll start with saying, I want to.
0: Mm, yeah. Just think. And eventually. I want to forgive.
1: I want to forgive and help it to make it real in my heart. And eventually he will. And it will be a real forgiveness, a heartfelt, forgiveness, so that when you think about that incident again, it's you no know, nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't ping you anywhere. doesn't and I think that's a heartfelt forgiveness and sometimes that takes a little time Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of things that have been very you know that we walk through that is very hurtful and I think that's when you get to that place then you know it's
0: done
1: Mm -hmm. so So, but you know don't let it stop you from starting yeah (laughs) you might not feel that way right away but You
0: know, start. The process we don't understand. That's really, really good. Yeah, that helps kind of give just a bit of an overview of some of these really powerful elements of inner healing and areas to focus in on. You know, because it's like it's all connected, honestly. But there's so many different areas to. To kind of dissect and get more information and talk through and all of that, but I love kind of at least you know getting to talk through some of the the basics of it. Do you have any like tips for practical steps for people who are wanting to kind of pursue walking through some of these things and um, processing through and finding more healing in the coming coming year, coming days?
1: Of course, I only know what I know. You know, like I said, there are other. I know there's many other. Ministries that do it because I've heard of, I've heard of different ones and they do it different ways. Yeah, but they're all you know similar. Also, um, we actually I belong to a ministry that's called Heart Revival Ministry, and that's the prayer ministry. We have a our originator. She wrote a like a six or eight week course. I think I told you that. It's called Passion for Purpose. I mm-hmm. believe they have a six week part and. And you could start with just doing six weeks. And so it kind of touches a little bit on everything and it's very helpful. And then if that perks your interest and you think, oh, I really want to do the big one, then we use Elijah House. And that is a 25 week course. Okay. The first year. And then the second year is a 24 week course. And when you get done with that, you know, you could be a prayer minister, you know? Yeah. Or you can just take it for yourself. Like I did the first time through. Right. I just took it for myself and I used it. And I had no intention of doing more. So nothing is expected, but it does change your life. I know there's a pastor. She took it. And with some of her, you know, some of her people that were in the that were in ministry mm-hmm. in her church. And she was so excited about it. She saw how this could change people's lives. And she then, you know, they talked about it and then more people talked about it and more people took it in her church. And, you know, her goal was to get as many people as she could in her church to go through this, yeah, the healing process, because, you know, it lets go of a lot of hurts, you know, so people can really be all that the Lord has for them to be. They can walk in their giftings. And I think it's really sad that a lot of times you know, we don't even know what our gifting is,
0: right. let alone
1: walk in it. So, and I know that sometimes our hurts keep us from understanding our own gifting. Because mm-hmm. we don't see it, that we have that gifting, because we've got these lies and beliefs that we have and vows that we've made that it doesn't, so we don't look like them. We may not look like we have the prophetic, or we may not look like we are an encourager, or we may not look like we are a teacher
0: mm-hmm. because
1: of some of our own hurts and lies we've believed. That was kind of funny. I didn't really think I was a teacher, <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty gifted in teaching. And but uh, I didn't know it at first. You know, I, and I just I remember that saying to someone, "Oh, I just don't think I have the patience for that." Mm-hmm. Now, what is patience? You know, I did not think I did because of a lot of things that had happened to me and a lot of the lies I've leaked. But, you know, God has us, He can work patience. Right. <laughs> he can help develop patience. He can help develop patience. Oh, my goodness. Uh, anyway, so yes. That's I did awesome. teach. A long time. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, before, before teaching this, I homeschooled I my kids. So. Right. So you did quite a bit of teaching. <laughs> I did a lot of teaching. <laughs> And so for that, I taught Vacation Bible School. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's I'm cool. Like that. So, you know, we never know what, what the Lord has in store for us. And mm-hmm. I always say that nothing's wasted. I don't think he's wasted anything on anybody. When you walk through something, is definitely something that he can use, whether it be exciting and wonderful or it's something that was hard. Because then you can be the testimony that can help somebody else walk that hard way. That they may have.
0: Hmm.
1: So I don't think he wastes things. Yeah. In our life. That's not his intent ever.
0: That's so good. Yeah. So, so good. Any like specific book recommendations that you have? For me, my latest thing
1: for me is that I have learned that I had some giftings that I didn't actually recognize. Mm
0: -hmm. Again,
1: like what I'm, that's why I keep telling you all that over and over. Um, (laughs) I, I was. Um, Some people call it highly sensitive people and some people call it burden bearing. Um, Those are, I guess they're sort of church terms. Mm -hmm. You've heard of burden bearers, maybe, and maybe you've never heard of it, but it's people who are highly sensitive and they, they pick up, you know, they're very feeling and they pick up other people's burdens. And then when you start doing that after a while, you've got a whole bunch of burdens, you know, You are carrying a sack full of burdens because everybody in your life's got burdens. Mm -hmm. And then you're trying to fix everybody and make everybody happy. And that's really not your job, but you think it's your job. So you do that. And and most of the time you're doing it because you really want to feel better. You know, you think if that person feels better and if I can help them feel better, then I'll feel better (laughs) Yeah, I'm feeling it, you know? Yeah. So if, if you don't feel hurt, then I won't feel hurt. That's a burden bearer. And so I started with that, I guess, last year, was it? Mm-hmm. The year before. And I started reading books on burden bearing and um highly sensitive people. And then I realized that that was taking me into the prophetic. And that's actually some of the, you know, we think of a prophet like in the Old Testament. But it's people who, who have different tendencies and so if you do I would recommend everybody do some kind of study on spiritual gifts yeah
0: that's good
1: <laughs> I, I how about if I go there because what I'm trying to tell you is difficult if you don't know spiritual gifts but if you know the spiritual gifts it's not mm-hmm. difficult but anyway basically what I'm trying to say is I didn't realize that one of my spiritual gifts was prophecy and so now I'm reading books on the prophetic and it, it's so eye-opening just like if you just start with your spiritual gifts, you start reading that and you're going, oh, that's me. Oh, I do that. Oh yeah. I I do that. I feel like that. And it's kind of validating.
0: Don't you think it is? Yes, for sure. Yeah. I think that's one reason I liked things with like the Enneagram or different like personality profiles. And a lot of people do that kind of stuff because you feel validated. You're like, oh yeah, that, I'm not the only one like that totally. And I think that's the same kind of feeling that you get when you realize, oh, this does line up with this being a spiritual gift of mine, you know, or these are sort of characteristics of, of that gifting. So, yeah, I think that's really, it's really encouraging in a way.
1: I think it's really encouraging, but sometimes I'll I'll still go back to it. I've seen people with a lot of lives, vows and unforgiveness and their spiritual gifts were missed analyzed because of it. Mm-hmm. So that can happen. I'm not going to say that you can go out and take a spiritual gifts test and it'll be totally correct. <laughs> right. But it might. Yeah. So, um, but I, I guess that's where I'm coming from is I'm learning more even about myself I, that that was, I mean, I kind of knew about the teaching because obviously I've taught for years. So I pretty much thought I was a teacher, Yeah. but then I started some more research in these different books. And I was like, Oh, mommy, mm. no wonder I feel like that. No wonder I want to do this. No wonder I feel called to this. And yet at the same time, I felt odd. I didn't feel like I fit. So it's very nice to know that you do fit somewhere
0: for sure. Yeah. You know, kind of like the
1: ugly duckling. I think that story means a lot to me
0: Yeah, because
1: you know, I felt like all my life that I don't, People, I thought other people thought like me, but they don't, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand that. But the ugly duckling, he just was, with them. he didn't understand who he was, that he was a swan. Yeah. He kept trying to be a duck. And so, I mean, that's like it with our spiritual guests. And I kept thinking, well, I'm just a teacher. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. And then I realized that it was more than that, that mm-hmm. it's, it's in the prophetic realm. And that was not something I was taught about much in. Um, growing up, you know, right. I was in the church all my life, but that was not in your regular fundamental church that those were not, you know, your Bible church wasn't, it was more charismatic and, and I started hearing it more and more about it, I guess, but I never really put myself in that spot. Cause I just didn't think, I guess I just never thought about myself as being there.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So I just thought, well, that's that's really important people that do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, somebody who's really special does that. And, and I just didn't think that of myself. Again, there was a lie. I yeah. didn't think that. That was something. And so I never really researched it anymore. And when I started researching it, I realized that there was something there that I never really validated in myself. Yeah. So I think all of these things are very special in the fact that it gives you an identity. Once you start peeling off the things that really aren't you, you can start finding out who you really are. Yeah. And I think that's such a gift. I think it's such a gift. Um, Not only is it a gift to the body of Christ, it's a gift to yourself. It's a gift to your family because we are all special.
0: And designed for a purpose, for sure. And designed
1: for a purpose.
0: Yeah. Right. And with spiritual gifts, is there a book that, kind of dives into them. <laughs> the easiest book I know is one I gave you. Sounds good. I can link to it in the show notes. I'll have to You can put
1: a link to it. Yes. Um, perfect. I'm sure there there are a lot of spiritual gift tests out there on the yeah. internet. I know you can do them. And there are a lot of people that have written stuff on that. I just am not, I've never done a study like that, right. especially in, I've, done a study in general but you know like a specific book yeah like I said her the book that I gave you that Sherry Torbert wrote is uh it's,
0: it's a real small but it's a small read easy book. read yeah you could really sit and read it it's a good just... place to
1: start mm-hmm. I would call it a great starter book
0: yeah
1: you know what was interesting I thought in there is it said like you know that you ask you answer all the questions you think oh that's me no that's not me uh-huh. and so then when you kind of you kind of tone it down to one or the other there's a spiritual then it starts saying, I "Wonder if you're married to this. Your this person is this, and you are this. And how does that work being married? I mean, that is also something that's very important because if we know our spiritual gifts as a couple, we can enhance each other's, and we can move forward in the kingdom as a as a power couple. That's yeah. a lot of that. you know, at least we're using both of our gifts instead of working against one another with our gifts. Or yeah, feeling. Well, this person's very spiritual and I'm not. Yeah. Then then you're not working in in tandem. So which gives you more power. I mean, you know, we all know the 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 verse, you know, about the three three chords, you know. And so with God and two people and we're much stronger. So that's another thing I would have to say that um I guess in the past, well, it was before COVID. My husband actually took uh, the Elijah House class. I mean, he knew about it too, because, you know, we've been talking lingo forever and, you know, with the church and everything. And he finally actually took the two years, the two-year class, and it was eye-opening to him. He remembered things too. Things came up that he had forgotten, you know, when he was younger and how they've affected him all his life. And that's really the key. And so he realized that he had gifts too, that he, he wasn't utilizing.
0: Mm. Yeah, And
1: so now it was so interesting. It's not only can we talk the same talk, he has a better understanding somehow of me. And, and it's like, he such, I just never really understood you, but now I understand you and I, I understand, you know, this is the way you are. And so I think that's cool. And I can understand, and we, we've been able to really, um, Connect better, I guess I would like to say, and utilize each other's gifts and walk. So we're accentuating each other's gifts in as a team, kind of like a team of oxen. Yeah. You know, you can have one ox or you can have two oxen. And when you put the two oxen together, yoked together, they can pull a lot more than one. Right. And if you've got two that are yoked together and not they're not pulling together, mm-hmm. oh, you've got a mess. Yeah. So <laughs> So so good. It's really good when you actually know each other's giftings and you can use them for the kingdom, not against each other, mind you, but that you can use them to further the kingdom.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Uh Uh-huh. So cool. Yeah, it's it's been cool being sort of an observer to that journey for you guys too. And it's been really, really beautiful to watch. And, and I think for Ben and I too, over the years, you know, we've grown and learned a lot about each other and we'll continue to, I'm sure, but it definitely helps to, to kind of open our eyes to, Oh, that's why you like this. Or that's okay. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, <laughs> you're not crazy. Like
1: <laughs> why do you think like that? You exactly. don't think like that.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so that's definitely true. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about just how inner healing has impacted your life? I know we've kind of touched on it throughout.
1: Well, I would say I would still go back to the thing of discovering more about myself and my identity in Christ. And like I told you, it was a big plus for my marriage. Yes. We both went through it and I knew he had, We, you know, and bless his heart. You know, here I'm walking through all this stuff and, and I would help him along the way if I could, you know, but you know, he was, everybody is like, this It's kind of like, we don't want to go there. Yeah. You know, these are places we got hurt. Do I really want to go back and think about that? Not really. Not really. Mm -mm. (laughs) I I, I think I'd just rather just forget about it and move on. The problem is it's not really forgotten. It's affecting our lives and we don't even realize it's affecting our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. so we like I could never say like, we can ignore it. Yes, and... <laughs> Everything is good. Fine. I'm fine. Are you fine? Oh, good. I'm glad
1: you're fine. <laughs> Everybody's fine, <laughs> but, um, no, it's work, but it's worth it. It is so worth it. And I think once someone sees that, then you see the valuable it's, it's valuable. It's so valuable, but I think the, the most fun thing is that you can
0: Be yourself and you can find out who yourself is. I love that sort of self-discovery element for sure. And and learning more about God and kind of the different, you know, we talk about the body of Christ, but the way that he really has so beautifully designed us to all not be the exact same, because that would be boring, but (laughs) to be able to work together. So exactly.
1: And even though I have a teaching gift, that doesn't mean I'm going to teach just like someone else. Right. You know, everybody has their, their motivation for their teaching, Mm -hmm. you know. My motivation is I want you to be healed. Yeah. <laughs> and so someone else's motivation may be different.
0: So true. So true. Well, as you know, this podcast typically is kind of focusing in on the, the arts and kind of how our art and faith work together and all of that kind of stuff um, and getting to share people's stories. So I really appreciate you sharing your story today or parts of it that we got to get to. Uh, but I also am curious. I like to ask this of everyone, and I would love to hear your thoughts if you have anything kind of just on your heart in this season that you want to share with artists out there and fellow artists, because we didn't really talk about this as much, but you have a background right. in dance and really lots of arts. You painted and I know lots of I do endeavors. I, I, I do. And I and the thing that I thought was
1: so beautiful is that I didn't realize that my gifting, the, the prophetic gifting is very creative. Mm-hmm. And I just discovered that just, you know, not too long ago. And because uh, I started reading books about the prophetic gifting. And I'm thinking, wow, I've even taken a class about it. And it was like, wow, this is really cool. So the reason I wanted to dance was because of that. And yeah. I didn't realize that. I just wanted to, I felt like God was calling me to dance in church. I mean, and that was back in the day when that was not something people did. just yeah. not in my church. Uh-huh. so um and you know drawing and create, you know painting and I did that even before but I think the one that was you know the one that to me was more outside of the box and of course playing musical instrument but I did that as a child but the whole thing about the dance that was very you know I just I felt the unction to do that
0: mm-hmm. it was I
1: was being called to do that And then to go into the dance world, that was very eye-opening, too. So that was very hard because, well, we all know what that's like. It's competitive and it's perfectionism and, you know, it can be rejection, Mm -hmm. all those things. And unfortunately, when I was doing that and doing those classes, I still had a lot of rejection And I still had perfectionism. You know, I wanted so hard for everything to be perfect. But, um, you know, looking backwards now, I can say I was called to worship. I was not called to perform. I was not called to be the ballerina. I did perform. But I, you know, I wasn't the top choice here. (laughs) But I know what it felt like. And so when my kids went the same route, and I didn't understand either, but they were called to it too. They experienced too. And I, I, I understood their dilemma, but at that time I wasn't really prepared to help them understand why, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they were, and I tried to, I tried to say, I think you're called to worship. So, but when you're in the, um, you know, that's what you're doing you're performing, it's it's really hard not to get sucked into perfection. I mean, we we all want to do the best for the Lord. We want to do our best. I'm not talking about that.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm talking about that comparison of I'm chosen, you're, you got chosen, and I didn't. You mm-hmm. know, it's hard. It is hard <laughs> I remember yeah. those. Those those are very difficult moments. Yeah. And that just kind of if you're if you're coming from rejection, that just really is a scene enter. So that's mm-hmm. uh, really hard. But, you know, we all walked through it. and But that was their calling. And I didn't realize it at the time that it was their gifting. That was their gifting. That it, was, it was prophetic gifting. And I didn't realize that. Mm. I wish I would have known that. Yeah. Maybe that could have helped. Maybe. So I, 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 I would probably say, if you have children, try to find out what their gifting is. First, find out what yours is. Yeah. And learn something about spiritual gifts. Because when you learn that about yourself and you can then start seeing it in your children, what they are, that is the whole deal about calling them forth. we want to bless them. We want to bless our kids and call them forth to what God has for them. You know, are they an evangelist? Are they creative? Are they prophetic or are they maybe their teachers or maybe they're encouragers, you know, encourage them in that and, and instead of sometimes we say the wrong thing and it's not encouraging as parents and sometimes it just slips out but anyway I think in the long haul it would help tremendously for all of us if we would know that and we would bring up our children that way
0: mm, yeah
1: of knowing of knowing what their their gifts are
0: So helpful. Mm -hmm. I I
1: see that now. I'm starting to see that in my grandkids. And it's so interesting. I could go on for hours about my grandkids (laughs) and their giftings and and how it's just kind of fun to see it.
0: For sure. It's fun to sort of discover it over time. So,
1: but I would say that. I, I think that it's very, it's very enlightening and helpful.
0: Well, this has been awesome. I love getting to learn more about it and I'm super excited to get to share this with people and, you know, hopefully get other people excited about it too. And then they'll want to learn more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We have a Facebook page, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Heart Revival Ministries has a Facebook page.
0: Okay, cool. So
1: there might be some things on there too.
0: And then what's the website? And the website
1: is www.heartrevivalministries, one word, and it's ministries, plural, dot com. So they are probably classes or even testimonies. Sometimes people just post testimonies. So there's just different things on there. That's perfect. It's a way to, to
0: start or like I said, you can
1: there are other ministries out there I know too, but um, mm-hmm. they do similar things.
0: That's awesome. It's a great starting place. One fun question that I like to ask everybody, semi-unrelated, but who knows? could be. Is, <laughs> <laughs> what is one of your favorite things right now?
1: Probably one of my favorite things has been, I really, really love to get together with my grandkids and see their personalities and to see their giftings and to encourage them in that, because that wasn't something that was done, you know, for me, but uh, I think that, you know, it says raise up a child in the way you should go and you will walk in it. So I really, I think, you know, I just, I just want to love on them and I want to encourage them in their gifts. They're all different. They're all unique. They're all special and they're all funny. No.
0: <laughs> they are funny. They say the greatest things sometimes.
1: <laughs> so. Oh, they do. They do. They, they say the funniest things and, uh-huh. and, and sometimes they say the sweetest things.
0: So yeah, they're yeah. such sweethearts so for sure. It's fun. They are
1: a blessing. Yes. You know, like someone, said something, I read it on a shirt, I think something about, you know, being a grandma is just a blessing. Of course, I'm not a grandma, I'm a meanie,
0: but (laughs) still a grandma. (laughs) Exactly. You just need to change the shirt or get the other version of it.
1: (laughs) So I I think that's a, it's a great blessing and to, and to pray for them and so into them so they can be all they can be all God wants them to be. Not that I'm, I'm the soul. I have the soul thing on that, but I have me and right. I can do what I can do. Yeah. Everybody, you know, like the one star, starfish, you know, well, I threw that one in.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good story. Analogy for that. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time to share, you know, and kind of give us an overview and sharing so much of your story as well. So thank you for, for being a part of this. Definitely super grateful.
1: I hope it helps somebody. That's, that's always my testimony when, you know, I'm, I'm really not one to talk about myself a lot, but I find that when I am ministering, you know, I'll, I'll dredge up my, my testimonies because it's like, if this is going to help you, I'll tell you.
0: Right. Otherwise I probably wouldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: true. So true. Yeah. You know, I'm going to sit here and tell you, Oh, I'm having a hard time letting go of my stuff. Right.
0: Right. It's encouraging to hear that from someone else though, and know that you're not alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And
1: I think it's encouraging. Our testimonies really do encourage one another that they do. But they're not alone. And sometimes that is exactly what you walk through and to let somebody, like they said, to call back down to those below and say, you can do it. Yay. Yes. With our testimonies.
0: Uh-huh. Well, so, this is definitely that. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we can all make it to the top. Don't we? We yeah, exactly. So well. I love you and thank you for being such a blessing in my
1: life. I love you too. And you are definitely a blessing uh, because I've always said that you were a gift for our family because you're an encourager Aww. and it's like, you know, we don't have a lot of encouragers in our family, so we really needed you.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's so so fun. Isn't she great, you guys? I am so thankful that she took the time to come on the show and to share her experience with Inner Healing Ministry. I hope that you got a lot of value and hope from that conversation. And I'm so excited to share again with you that we have audio of Darlene reading prayers for some of these different topics that we covered today. And you can find the links to those prayers on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com under episode 61. So you can go to creativeimpactpodcast.com slash episode dash 61. You'll find sample prayers for forgiveness, forgiving ourselves, forgiving God, and forgiving others. You'll also find sample prayers for renouncing lies and inner vows, and a beautiful sample prayer for healing from trauma. Also on the website, you'll find links to the other resources that Darlene mentioned in the conversation. If you haven't already, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the show so that you'll be notified whenever a new episode releases. You can subscribe right in whatever app you happen to be listening in. And while you're at it, it would be amazing if you'd be willing to leave a rating and review. It takes just a few seconds and it really does help other people to find the show. You can find the Creative Impact Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Creative Impact Podcast. Throughout the rest of this year, we're going to be getting back into conversations with fellow artists who are sharing their stories with us. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. If this show was helpful for you today, I'd encourage you to share it with a friend. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create, made to inspire, continue living with purpose, and making an impact. See you next time, friends.